Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the Banana Yellow Game Pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the... Or zig where we can zag. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. Ferret 64 for your listening pleasure. How are you guys doing today? We're talking about all the latest and greatest v- video game news from the past week. As you all know, hello Coco. You're doing good. I am doing pretty good too. So today on the ballot we have Brutal Legend, Mirror's Edge, Shrek Super Slam, Last of Us Part 2, um, Nintendo quitting mobile gaming. Oh, what else we have? Mixer dying. You think that's funny? Yeah, you think that's fucking funny? Mixer dying? <laughs> uh, that's also um, what we're talking about today. And then there's a bunch of other uh, smaller things as well. What's up, uh, player? Player two. Fuck bucket. <laughs> How is, how's you guys doing today? How's your day going? Let me know in the comments below. So like I said, today we are going to be talking about... All sorts of video game news. Hello, Mrs. Scyther. How you doing today? Guys, don't forget that the giveaway that is happening is going to be one big game at the end of the week. So Saturday, expect a big game giveaway. You know, kind of like last week. Um, so it's just, the, the, the giveaway lasts through the entire week, and then at the end of the week we pick the winner. Hello there. Hello Punisher, how are you doing today? Punisher as well. I'm a wee bit drunk. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're spending your drunken evening with yours truly. Ah, uh, Punisher, how are you doing today? So-so. <clears throat> Alright, let's, uh, let's just jump right in. Oh my gosh, guys, we get to use this button today. Wow. Wow, you guys love this button. Let me press it for you right now. What has Yummy been playing this past week? Yes, what have I been playing this past week? And as you may or may not know, We've been playing a few things for the past few weeks because last episode I did not get to talk about what we were playing and so we're going to start off the conversation with Brutal Legend. Brutal Legend. 
So, what is Brutal Legend? It's the game with Jack Black in it, and normally a lot of people will be like, Oh, I know that game. But there, of course, are people who don't know the full story of the game or have not played the game themselves. They just know, hey, it's Jack Black. He's in the game. Um, the game is hilarious. It's a very, very funny game. Um, and I, it, it may, maybe it's because of Jack Black being in it, or maybe it's because they just put a lot of passion into it, or maybe because... You know, uh, there, there, there hasn't been a game quite like this that emphasizes metal. And I don't mean, like, titanium or iron or whatever. I mean, like, like, heavy metal. I don't, I don't mean diamond. I don't, well, that's not, that's a rock. Eh, whatever. Joke's over. Anyways, this game is all about the glorifying and, um... It's just, it's all about metal, really. It's all about metal. Um, so you have bands like Motorhead, Slayer, Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, um, just all these different classic metal bands coming in, and they let them use their songs on this game for the soundtrack. And essentially, throughout the game, there are points in the game where you, you know, you get a new song, like in the battle we're doing right now, we had um, Motley Crue playing, a few different Motley Crue songs, um, and it was really—it's a really fun time. Um, I—I—I'm uh, I, going to tell you guys. Um, you can on mobile. Uh, there should be a clip button. You—you um, you can. Uh, I'll tell you guys. The first like two hours of this game are way more fun than like the rest of the six hours on the game. Um, what I mean by that is. Um, like, the first two hours are just, they, they, they're full of funny jokes, the, you know, the story, it, like, is really interesting, and it's just a small scale, like, go here, fight these guys, go here, fight these guys, get a new item, you know, get a, get, get the axe, get the guitar, play, say, play some riffs, stuff like that. And then, as the game goes on, you kind of get into, like, this open world, and I think that's when it started to lose me a little bit. Like, the game was still fun, but I don't think it needed an open world. And I definitely don't think it needed these sections of game, which are what the bulk of the game is, where it's like a defense mode. It's like two teams go against each other, and, you know, one team tries to win by capturing as many fans as they can and putting enough units onto the field. And then, you know, bringing down the other person's stage. So, it's one of those things that I'm like, you know, it's a fun game. It's, it's, it's fine. I think that the mechanics work well enough. But, I don't think it's, like, the best idea for a game like this to, you know, have, like, this tower defense type thing going on. It's not like, it's not capture the flag because you're not bringing anything back. But, it's more like... It's more like Command and Conquer, where you build up your army and then attack and destroy the enemy. Um, it's it's just one of those games. It's like the concept is there. Obviously, the concept the concept is there, and you you know it, it works. But I don't think it fits the game. Like the game is all about like these crazy. Just it's got a lot of metal imagery in it, like the character designs and stuff like that. Later on, like you start off fighting these like. 80s hair metal type people then you move on to like emo and scene and then you move on to like death metal and stuff like that um and it's interesting to see how unique the enemies get with those newer um 
newer factions. But the gameplay doesn't change enough. I mean, sure, it gets a little bit more difficult. But in the end, it's just it's just a you know basic game. You know, I I was really wishing that there'd be more levels that are unique, like in the first few hours of the game, like. In the first few few hours of the game, you're building your hot rod, you're learning new songs on the guitar, you're you're doing stuff like that, and then you get to the open world and you're rescuing the headbanger guys and you're fighting metal spiders with Lemmy from Motorhead and it's like really cool. And then you get to the next like the next few areas and it's just like it, it kinda just becomes kinda stale after a while. So even though I, I did enjoy I did enjoy my time with the game. I don't know if I'm gonna I'm gonna replay it anytime soon. I'm definitely not gonna go back and get like all the you know all the all the stuff 100% it. Um, it's, it's definitely one of those things. It's like yeah you know it was a fun playthrough. Uh, I had fun with it. The computer version doesn't work at all. Just to let you guys know on Steam I could not I could not get it working properly. Um, but the Xbox 360 version is still pretty good. So yeah, there's that. And probably the PS3 version works too. Also, along with um, the different things in the game, I, I mentioned learning guitar solos, or songs, I meant solos. Um, essentially, the guitar solos call over your forces, they spawn your vehicle, um, They there's like face melter ones where it will kill a, bunch, a group of enemies around you, stuff like that. You know, it's kind of fun, you know, that it's, just, it's, a, it's a fun way to do it. It's like a quick time event where you're pressing the buttons kind of like in Guitar Hero or something like that. Um... I can't think, like, I, I remember there being a few glitches in this game, but nothing game-breaking, if I remember correctly. Uh, it just, you know, what you're seeing here on the screen is pretty much the entire game. I can I can flip to another part in the game, and you guys will be like, oh, that, that looks similar, <laughs> you know? So, right here, I think this is where you're fighting, you first fight the emo people. Yeah. So, there, you know, there's a, there's a fan geyser, you're defending your fortress here from the attacks of the enemies... All the way at the end of the game, like I said, you're, you're fighting like the like the heavy metal people, you know, stuff like that. So, all in all, uh, is it worth it to play? Yeah, it, I mean, it's a good like playthrough if you, especially if you like heavy metal music. Um, is it worth getting the hundred percent? I don't know about that. And does it hold up nowadays? I don't know if the story and the I think I think the story holds up, but I think the gameplay is def that, that that doesn't hold up. I think the story holds up. I think the story was good. The jokes were good. Everyone knows our one of our new favorite um, our, one of our new favorite commands is exclamation point diaper. How about you take off your fucking diaper, lay down your little baby foo foo, and go do your fucking job right now? Like that. That is essentially the best line in the game, and that's that's pretty far in the game. Um, but it's a, it's an excellent line. I think that the writing and the story is really good in the game. A little predictable at times, especially towards the end. I also thought the game was too short, too. Like, this last area right here, we were going through this, and Coco was like, Oh, looks like you're almost done with the game. I'm like, I don't know if we're almost done with the game, because, you know, th this, this, this seems like we're, we're meeting a whole new faction here, and blah, 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 blah. Little did I know that, essentially, there would be a f one final boss fight at the end, which, you know, was kind of fun. But essentially, that was that was it. The game ended right after the last, the last fight with the, with this guy, which you would call the final boss. <laughs> this insults me. So, um, I think all in all, I'd give this one a six out of ten. Six, I think six is pretty fair for this one. It's a little bit better than average, and uh, if you love metal, you'll enjoy it even more. Um, 
me personally, uh, yeah, I kind of already went through what I, what I wanted to say. I think we're good there. Brutal Legend. We finished that one a little while ago. More recently, we finished a game called Shrek Super Slam, which, man, I tell you guys, I thought that I was going to have such a tough time with this game, and we kind of breezed through it. When I was a kid, I remember Greedy Waffle and myself really struggling to get through some of these challenges that are in this game, and we actually were doing really well, or I was doing really well with them. Um, I had the moral support of the chat, of course. Um, but I, I think that the game is super fun, but I think that the story mode is missed potential. Um, essentially it's like 10 levels and you fight different scenarios. So one scenario is, you know, Pinocchio turns Shrek and Fiona into puppets and your donkey and you have to fight them. And there's another scenario where Puss in Boots... Uh, barges into the the rotten apple, which is a bar, and you have to fight him in the bar as Gingerbread Man in a in a, in a in a cowboy outfit. You know, there's another one where Humpty Dumpty is a martial arts master, Fu Manchu wearing guy, and you and human Fiona have you know you have to fight him. Uh, it's just it's one of those things that's like the story mode could have been so much better. They could have done so much more with it, but instead they focused on the mega challenge, which is the best part of the game, of course. Um, the mega challenges are essentially a collection of um, tournaments and like challenges, as you might know. So the challenges include things like throwing Gingerbread Man into the oven so many times, only using uh, air, air dash attacks like this one. Um, there's also ones that are like, oh, all your hits are slams and stuff like that. And then there's the tournaments where you just kind of go through, like, I think the maximum people was like five in a tournament. Um, so it was, it was, you know, you went through the tournaments and you tried to, uh, you know, beat out the tournament. It's very forgiving. It is very forgiving because if you fail in, like, you know the third part of the tournament it'll just let you restart that part of the tournament it won't put you all the way back at the first which is nice for you know various reasons so you might be asking what is shrek super slam sounds sounds kind of weird i i've seen you play shrek the third video game and the shrek the uh, shrek 2 video game and that was those looked pretty bad and yes those were pretty bad but this game is quite competent it's a smash brothers type ripoff kind of in the same vein as like playstation all-stars battle royale except i think that this game actually controls better and has a little bit more uniqueness to things um i think it also has a little bit more content uh, honestly uh, but um, this one is all about slamming your opponent. So you build up your slam by, uh, you know, using different combos and stuff like that on the other players. It's up to four players on, in, in one area. And it's just characters who have appeared in the Shrek universe. Now, some of them haven't. Like, there's a unicorn who's never appeared in any Shrek thing ever. There's also a Quasimodo who never appears in any Shrek movie ever. Um, but there's also characters like Captain Hook, Prince Charming, Fiona, Shrek, obviously. Um, it's weird that they f they forgot to put in Lord Farquaad in this one, even though they have characters from the first movie in this game. And it's weird that they did not put the Fairy Godmother in this game either. Um, they put her factory, but they did not put her, her herself. And there's also a statue of Lord Farquaad in the, in the Dragon's Keep, but he's not in the game for some reason. And I think that he would have been an interesting addition to the game. 
I mean, yeah, oh, he got eaten by dragon. But this game doesn't really follow the Shrek lore anyway, so what's what's going on, you know? Um, so essentially, once, once you build up enough slam meter, uh, you can do your slam move. And uh, it's it's a it's usually it's a pretty quick move. Like Trick has a fart that he does. That's an area effect. Fe Human Fiona has like shuriken that she shoots out. Uh, Fe Ogre Fiona sings high notes and the notes hit the hit the people. Humpty Dumpty spins on his head around and goes crazy. Uh, Prince Charming has like a flame sword that he slams on the ground. Same thing with like uh, Dark Knight. Uh, Captain Hook has cannonballs come out and Robin Hood has arrows pepper the playing field. It's fun. You know, it's it's not terrible. And the challenges do present a good amount of challenge, just like the name implies. And in order to unlock new characters and stuff like that, you want it you you need to do the challenge mode and new levels to fight in too. There's some bonus er things that you do, like there's one where you race around a track and there's one where you jump across rooftops. Those are kind of wacky cuz the game's not designed for that type of thing, um, but they're easy enough to get through. I think one of my favorite challenges is is the one where um, you have like a specific weapon and the ones like the ogre fart wand and it's just it's it's a pretty fun one. I mean there's a lot of good challenges in the game and I think that uh, you know it's just it's just a it's a fun little romp through the through the Shrek universe and I think that um, I think anyone who you know enjoys Shrek would would enjoy this game as well and if you like Smash Brother type games this one is is a is a good knockoff of a, of it. Now, it is available on... Oh, look at that. Madagascar fo uh, pictures in the background. It is a DreamWorks game. Um, but essentially, it, it, you know, if, if, if you like... Um, what was I going to say? I, I forgot what I was going to say. I got distracted by Madagascar. Damn it, Alex the Lion. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, but I think... Oh, wait. Oh, you can only get it on, like, PlayStation 2, original Xbox, and GameCube. And it is also on the Game Boy somehow. It's not on Steam. <laughs> um... So that's that's really the only places you can play it unless you get an emulator, which I do not have. Um, but I think that if you do have an old console and you can get this game, I think that you should pick it up and try it out. It's not too it's not too uh, expensive, and uh, I think it plays incredibly well for a ripoff type of game. Um, like I said, there's not enough content to it. You're mostly going to be. Um, you said Steam last. I was just reminding you. I didn't say Steam. <laughs> <laughs> Moto Moto is in the second movie. Yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's a it's a complicated game. I don't think it has enough to it though. Like, I think you're mostly gonna be playing the, you know, instant action mode where you play against your friends, or you're gonna be spending most of your time in the challenge mode. Um, but the story mode is no, has nothing to it. Um, there's also a place where you can see like the different trophies you've acquired while going through the game. And as I joked, PlayStation stole trophies from this game. <laughs> so yeah, all in all, this one's definitely like an 8. It's an 8. I wish the story mode, and I wish there was a little bit more content to it, but it's a fun, it's a fun Shrek game. It's a fun movie game, and uh, I would gladly play it again in the future. Finally, for the What Is Yummy Been Playing Today segment, we have, of course, Mirror's Edge. So, Mirror's Edge was voted on, of course, by our group of, of uh, Discord members, and it won. Um, which is how I do all of my games, just to let you know. Um, Mirror's Edge is a game that I... I love the second game, Catalyst, and I know that's 
that's kind of controversial in itself, obviously. I love Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Um, I think that it's a very nice and well put together game. I love the free running and stuff like that. It's a lot more in like f it's a lot more free than this game is. Let me tell you that much. I, I never really got through the original Mirror's Edge. There's ten chapters in total, and it's it's all about parkour and you know um, doing different parkour moves to get through levels. There's a few. There's a little bit of a puzzle element to it as well at times, um, and there's also some first person shooting segments which. Doesn't fit the character, I don't think. In the second game, which is Mirrors as Catalyst, uh, you ne I don't think you ever pick up a gun in that game. Or if you do, it's like once. I don't remember exactly, but you, you'd never, you never get to pick up a gun in that game because you focus on non-lethal combat, like com like punching and stuff like that. Like You can, you can do that in this game. Um, but I think that it's... You know, it's it's uh, you know the combat in this in this one is really wonky. Um, I, I think that uh, it's it's way worse than the second game. Um, the I, the second game got got a nine out of ten from me, and I, I stand by that even to this day. And I would love to replay it on the channel for people. Um, but the first game is definitely um, it. You can definitely tell it was a passion project, and. They they kind of um, you know they they had this idea but it was they I don't think the technology or the yeah I would say the technology was there yet for what they wanted to do in it. There's a lot of moments where oh you were just you were just you weren't close enough to get the to get the move on him or oh you you yeah you know you didn't press the button at exactly the right time and then it would throw you off a cliff or you wouldn't make the jump or you wouldn't grab onto something and that was pretty frustrating at times. I also don't like the cutscenes in the game art style. Um, I, I just think that like the mouth movements and stuff like that, the character animations just don't look right. I also think the story in this game is very weak too. It's a very predictable story. It's a it's the type of story that's kind of like slapped together over a game instead of the game being built around the story. Um, I do like Faith as a character, especially in the second game, but there's really no other characters in this game that are memorable at all. Um, there's just so just weird things that happen throughout this game, and I, I just wasn't impressed by the story. Great gameplay-wise, I wasn't too impressed. I was too used to the new game, and I think that overall the game is, you know, I mean, obviously, right, duh, yeah, I mean, of course it's not being as good as the first game, but there are a lot of people who say that Mirrors as Catalyst is like a 2 out of 10 or whatever. I just don't believe that. Mirrors as Catalyst has so much going for it with the open world the time trial stuff being able to make your own races for friends and i think the story is also a lot better in in mirrors catalyst and this one just doesn't live up to the second game but i'm glad i played it finally because now i know now i know that uh, i'm not a, i'm not a big fan of it but i can say that i went through the game entirely and also this game gave us the controller option on my stream so whenever i'm playing a game on the computer now and i'm using my xbox one controller it's actually mapped onto my stream so you can see what buttons i'm moving my joysticks and stuff like that which i think is probably the best thing that came out of these streams so yeah i would recommend getting the second game but i would also recommend playing this one i would recommend to play this one first so that you're not spoiled like i was um, and I don't mean like spoiled story-wise, I mean like spoiled like control-wise. Because the second game is a lot more free-flowing, it gives you a lot more, um, 
it gives you the ability to kind of choose a path, and uh, I think that's that 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 works a lot a lot better for you know, what this game wants to be, and that's a free flowing parkour, kind of like a dying light kind of feel to it, right? Um, it's a little awkward at times. The puzzles can be a little, con you know, can be a little confusing at times, just because, you know, you're not sure where to go, and the th the thing's telling you to press a button that's in a room that's closed off in the direction that you're walking. So. But it's not frustrating enough that you're gonna get stuck for hours on end. Um, like I said, I like I said during the stream, I love the art style, like the visuals in this game, the buildings, you know, the white contrasting with the reds and the blues and the greens. Um, it's, it does have a nice aesthetic to it, and I think the second game did did a good job of kind of building on that. I know someone came into the stream um, and said they didn't like Catalyst, the, the visual style, as much as this one, but I think I think it, it looks about you know I think it looks just as good, if not a little bit better. Um, but, like, I, like I've been saying, I think that this game is a step down from Catalyst, obviously because it's the first game in the series, and I think Catalyst built upon it and did a lot better job. And me personally, I would go back and play Catalyst ten times before I play this one again. Um, plus, it's a very short game, you know, ten levels, and it was like a full-priced game when it originally came out, I remember that. And it's only, a t it's only ten levels with time trials and speed stuff. People who liked speed, you know, you know, um... Um, you know, speedrunning games. Yeah, you know, it's a pretty good game for that. You know, it definitely, you can definitely feel the speed at times. But I think the second game did just, did such a better job at momentum and fighting and everything like that. Plus, as I was going to say, and I forgot to say, I think Faith as a character, I don't think she would shoot people with the guns, you know? I think that she's, I, I think that she's more passive. And that's how I played the game until the end when they kind of forced you to, you know, start shooting people. And once you learn that, oh, it's a private division, it's not actually cops, I was like, okay, so maybe it's okay to shoot these guys. But that's the thing, though. It's like, I would rather not. I, like, the second game allows you to kind of do the combat sections and then run off without having to shoot a gun. Well, in this game, it's like, well, most combat sections are going to be ten times easier because of the fact that you're using uh, this guy's pistol or this guy's LMG, you know, that has, like, a hundred bullets in it. That's just my opinion, though. Obviously, you can have your own opinion. I will not fault you for that. That's just my opinion. In the end, I would give Mirror's Edge, the OG Mirror's Edge, like a 6.5. A 6.5 a out of 10. So there you go. That is what I have been playing on stream. What have I been playing, though, otherwise? I started uh, The Last of Us Part 2. Obviously, I'm not going to give any spoilers. I got to the part where I believe that the tutorial part of the game is pretty much over. And it's, it's a, you know, it's a pretty lengthy game, obviously. And I feel like the tutorial part lasted a little bit too long. But it's, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I'm enjoying it so much that I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 right away. But it's it's fairly good. I, I think that the, the, the main selling point of the game is the graphical style and just how the game kind of looks and feels. I think that they did a good job of... Um, doing the, like, all the movements and, and everything like that is really well done in the game. The character design is really well done in the game. And they're continuing the story of The Last of Us Part 1, which obviously came out, like, ten years ago now. Um, and I think that the, the people's questions about the story, like, people were, people are obviously were spoiled about parts of the story. Um, I'm not gonna confirm or deny if those leaks are true or not, but... Just know that, yeah, the story is a little bit predictable in this game, obviously. 
but I don't think that's going to overall affect how I enjoy the game. And of course, I haven't gotten through the game much yet. Like I said, I just got to, I just got to like this forest area, and, they, and it showed Seattle on the screen. So, you know, I, th I think I'm like two or three hours into the game now, and it's a pretty beefy game. I do, I do like that they made the game very similar to Last of Us One, where it's not like an open world where you can kind of go wherever you want. It's more so like a story-based, like level-to-level kind of thing, and. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think I think they did a great job with with the presentation and stuff like that. So like I said, once I know the full crust of the story and I get through the entire game, I'll talk about it more in depth. Um, and especially after uh, people have played the game, I'll talk about spoilers eventually. Um, but it's one of those games that I think that's met with a lot of controversy right now. Obviously, it's being review-bombed, which... I'm not even going to bring up today. Uh, I, I'm just exhausted with those conversations because every time I say the same thing and it just happens again and again and again, and I'm just like, whatever. I, my words are going nowhere. Um, but just know review bomb equal big bad, whether it's a positive review bomb or a negative review bomb. Essentially, when you review a game, just tell your honest opinion about it and don't let one thing that no matter what it is, dictate the entire review because then your points are invalid you know instead of you being like critical but fair you're just being critical to be critical and you're giving it a zero out of ten even though it's i mean i don't think it's a zero out of ten even even now like with, within the first three hours like i can tell like there's quality to this game there's passion put into this game but you know all, all of that is just moot because you know oh I didn't like the story personally. Whatever. So yeah, I'm gonna t like I said, I'm not gonna talk much about Last of Us Part Two right now because I haven't gotten too far into it. But once I do, you know I'll be back to talk about it. Bandwagon reviewing. Someone said it sucks, so it sucks, and I couldn't possibly like it. That's my thing too. Like, um, I don't. I don't really get critical of a game until I've played it all the way through. Like, Mirror's Edge, I didn't talk bad about this game. I never talked bad about this game because I never played it all the way through. Same thing with The Last of Us Part 1. Uh, I never said much about the game because I never really played it myself. But now that I have played the game, guess what? I can say anything I want about it because I played the game. I've had the experience, you know? Same thing with a lot of games. Like, Assassin's Creed Unity, we replayed that. Everyone was saying it's so much better now. Mm. No, sir. But we're not going to talk about that now because it's time to move on to... Oh, bring out the taps, guys. Mixer is dying. Mixer is technically on its way to death. And I'm not saying that because... <laughs> they failed. Because it's a funny, funny meme. I'm saying that because it's actually happening. So... Um, players are going to be migrating over the Facebook gaming profiles and stuff like that. Um, they came out and said that partners and streamers on Mixer can are, are free to move over the Facebook gaming. If they're partnered already, they will automatically be partnered on Facebook gaming. Now, to me personally, I don't think that many people are going to go to Facebook gaming. I think most of them are just going to go back to Twitch, or if they go to YouTube, they'll go to YouTube. I think whoever's going to offer the bigger streamers a lot of money. Smaller streamers, probably most of them came over to Mixer from Twitch anyways, so they'll probably just go back to Twitch because Twitch and Mixer are pretty similar platforms in, in a lot of ways. Um, 
but Facebook gaming, like I, I've, I've never gone to a Facebook gaming stream. I've, I don't know the quality. I don't know the interface. I don't know anything about it. And I think that speaks louder than me knowing Mixer was a subpar platform, you know, from using it, you know? Facebook isn't as big as any of them. I, I think, I mean, Facebook's big, but I don't think it's like Twitch big or, you know, YouTube big. So anyways, uh, beginning today, they came out in a statement on on the Xbox blog and said, Beginning today, Facebook Gaming will make it easier for anyone in the Mixer community to join if they choose to do so. We will work to transition the Mixer community over in the next few weeks. Starting on July 22nd, all Mixer sites and apps will redirect users to Facebook Gaming. For Mixer partners, streamers, and viewers, we expect you'll have many questions. You may find them here. So let's go to the official blog post here. So it says, Mixer partners will be granted partner, partner status with Facebook Gaming, and the platform will honor and match all existing partner agreements as closely as possible. Mixer partners will receive an update from Mixer today on how to kick off and sign up to the process. Streamers participating in Mixer's open monetization program will be granted eligibility for the Facebook Gaming Level Up program, where you can continue to grow and monetize your streams. And Facebook Gaming will also fast-track onboarding ineligible streamers. Update at, at the facebook.gg slash Mixer. Mixer viewers can connect their Mixer account and Facebook Gaming will show the Facebook pages for all the available Mixer channels you follow so that you can easily follow them on Facebook. Facebook Gaming will also offer a few special welcome packs and for viewers who visit Mixer.com in the coming weeks. We encourage all Mixer viewers to spend the remaining embers and sparks to help support your favorite Mixer partners and streamers. Mixer partners will receive double payment for all their earnings in this month of June, so your support of Ember, Sparks, and channel subscriptions for Mixer partners will go even further during the rest of this month. Also, viewers with outstanding Ember balances, channel subscriptions, or Mixer Pro subscriptions will receive Xbox gift card credit Thanks to, thank you, as a thank you for your engagement on the platform. Uh, also, the Mixer service will continue to run through July 22nd, 2020. After that, Mixer will redirect you. Will direct you to Facebook Gaming, Facebook's desktop home for gaming, for gaming video, Mixer Broadcasting on Xbox One will be temporarily disabled, and the Mixer apps will notify or redirect viewers to continue watching their favorite streams on Facebook Gaming. So it sounds like the Mixer app's not going to work on Xbox One, so you won't be able to um, even like stream directly from your Xbox for a while. Sad news! And uh, you know, Champ Chong, sad news! So, um, it's, I mean, this is like, <clears throat> to kind of give you some backstory, like, some people who are Mixer streamers found out about this while they were streaming. Some people who work at Mixer and work with Mixer found out, like, an hour before this post was put up. Um, I think Mixer has been declining a lot lately. I think that for a while they were kind of, they were going full steam ahead, kind of like DLive did back in the day when they got PewDiePie the stream for them. You know, Mixer bought out, you know, Shroud and and Ninja, right? And at the beginning, everyone was like, oh, he's just switching over because, um, you know, he doesn't like Twitch anymore. No, it was because of the money, money, money. And it's obviously true now because Mixer is shutting down. They spent too much money getting these people to come over. And Twitch has already said, hey, we'll open arms, man. We'll accept you back. Uh, easy one, two, three with immediate partnership, you know. 
And I'm sure that I'm pretty sure Ninja, unless like unless Twitch burned him enough, which I already talked about in the past, where you know they changed his channel to like show multiple streams of other people, and you know they uh, they only did it for his channel, and like one of the channels that they were showing, like hey you should check out this channel, was like uh, had pornographic images on it, and that kind of left a bad taste in his mouth. But maybe he'll go to fate to YouTube streaming if they offer him enough money. Obviously YouTube just bought out PewDiePie. So, you know, it's it's likely that he'll follow suit if YouTube gives him enough money. I don't think that Ninja's gonna go to Facebook Gaming. I don't think Shroud or any of the other Mixer streamers who were bought out by Mixer are gonna go to Facebook Gaming. That just doesn't seem likely. The good news is, though, if they were if their contracts are not void, so they will be getting pretty much all the money that they were promised. So Ninja is still gonna be getting about thirty million dollars to. Uh, just going right to his pocket, which was supposed to be over the course of a few years, but instead they had to do a lump sum because his contract dictated that. Interesting news. Um, we've seen platforms die out like like several in the past, like Vidme, Quibi, DLive. But this is like the first like major streaming streaming platform that was like integrated into Xbox and integrated into Microsoft and stuff like that. And um you know, it's one of those things that it's a little bit shocking, you know, and obviously a lot of people are confused and, and sad. Me personally, I never was a huge fan of Mixer. I mean, I would watch, you know, Maz Tech on there. Um, he would play, you know, Skyrim and stuff like that. And I think that the growth on Mixer, on Mixer was never going to be as good as any other platform. And I think that Mixer didn't have enough, um, they didn't put enough effort into making the site better. Right, there was a, there are so many things wrong with Mixer, mobile apps not working, streams crashing. I mean, I tried to watch Maz's stream one time, and everyone was like, "Wow, you know, this stream looks great today." And my stream was like bugging out, and I was like, "I don't want to say anything because I think it's on my end or it's on Mixer's end," you know. But I, uh, I mean, there's no way that Mixer was going to be able to beat out Twitch or or YouTube with how little they were doing to improve the site. I think that the Sparks thing was a good concept which helps people get to, like, the front page of Mixer, the more sparks you do. And I think that other platforms should probably pick that up because it's a cool way to get, you know, get your stuff out there, especially if you, if you have a very committed community of people around you. Um, but other than that, Mixer didn't really offer anything totally brand new. I mean, they had their own, you know, their own stuff, like their own embers, which is just bits and subscriptions or partner services, which is just subscribing on, you know, like Twitch. Mixer, Mixer was um, the official Xbox platform for streaming. They integrated it into Xbox and stuff like that. It was it's run by Microsoft, um, and a lot of people were were uh, were streaming on it before it was even like that big of a thing. And now they wanted to try and make it something bigger than it actually was, and they failed. They failed. <laughs> so um, if you are a streamer on Mixer, um, I say if you want the nearest thing to what mixer was like you're probably going to choose twitch if you don't like twitch you might just want to go with youtube uh youtube live streaming i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend facebook because facebook cares even less you know mark zuckerberg ain't over there writing code for for you know facebook gaming you know uh they're just kind of milking their 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 live streaming stuff so if you want a, a platform that cares a little you would go to Twitch or YouTube, to be honest with you. They keep up their sites pretty well, and I've been on I've been on Twitch for um, a few months now, officially. I forget when was the I forget when the last YouTube stream was, 
But when I moved, uh, that was during Stuntman Ignition. So that was, I've only, I've been on YouTube for almost or on Twitch for uh, almost a year now with the streaming. Um, and the that was probably the best thing that I've done in my streaming stuff because I I I was I was so fed up with, you know the the false allegations of copyright and stuff like that that was happening on YouTube. I switched over to Twitch. I mean, yeah, there are still like you know parts of your stream get muted because you're using you know copyrighted songs, and of course. As, as everyone knows, DMCA on Twitch has been amped up a little bit, so they've been taking down streams, and some people have actually been getting, like, not permabans, but they've been banned for a few days. Um, and I think that, the, I mean, it was just, it was coming, it, obviously it was coming ever since YouTube, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I think they're, they're a little bit, they're a little bit more relaxed about it than people think, um, and I think, I mean, I just, I just like Twitch as a platform anyways, I, I do like Twitch as a platform. Unless another streaming service comes around and beats YouTube and Twitch. I don't think that there will ever be one until uh, maybe maybe I'm an old man. I don't I don't see another platform coming out of the woodwork and destroying Twitch and YouTube. YouTube and Twitch have like all the viewership, you know. Mixer even though it got Ninja to come over, still only had like a quarter of what Twitch or YouTube had, you know. Um, so if a platform does come out, like, remember, no one remembers DLive, I remember DLive, Fellow streamed on there for a little bit, but really, only PewDiePie was the big name on there, and even then, you know, after he stopped streaming on there, that's it, the DLive was done, they paid out and said, well, well, see ya, and they had a big presence at, like, PAX that year and stuff like that, but, like I said, most people, like, even now, when I look for a stream, I go right to Twitch now. And I just, I, you know, I find someone in my recommended, I find someone in my followers list, and I just watch in the background, or I even, you know, will, uh, you know, be active in the chat, too. So, yeah. So, that's, that's that. Um, like I said, sound the taps. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad to see. Yeah, you can stream in Discord. You're not going to have much reach because, you know, it's not like a platform that's, you know, being like, hey, you, know, you like you like Brutal Legend? Well, this guy's streaming it right now in Discord. You kind of have to have, like, a very um, committed community who will, you know, who will join your streams on Discord. It's really the only way that you'll make any progress there. But, I mean, you don't have to worry about copyright. You don't have to worry about anything like that because the streams are... You know, they aren't saved anywhere. They're just kind of, like, deleted as you go. You know, so it might be nice for some people, you know? Um, next up. One of the biggest stories is Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time has officially been revealed. It's been rumored for a while. There were some screenshots that came out. Obviously, um, I wasn't believing it until I actually saw this pop up in my YouTube feed. And, of course, I already watched it. You know it. So, what's going to be new about this? Well, let's watch the reveal trailer. Crash Bandicoot, you banished me to the past. But all it did was give me more time to plan your doom. doom, doom. <laughs> it's about time. It's about new powers. So there's one where you can like go to the, you know, magnetize yourself to the ceiling. There's one that slows down time. 
new worlds, obviously. Some of the worlds also look very similar, too. They have the classic runaway segments. They're, they're really incorporating a good amount of old stuff and new stuff. And it looks like you can also play as Dr. Neo Cortex and Coco. Coco? And we're beating Coco. Not that Coco. <laughs> There's, they showed off a few of the um, um, boss fights in the game. Obviously, it's going to be a... Pl I mean, I, I, I think... After playing through the Insane Trilogy and seeing what they can do uh, with Crash Bandicoot and the new levels, you know, How many times it, I, I have faith in this. Three. Really? Only three? <laughs> Funny. Seemed like more. Buy digitally and get the totally tubular skins. Um, so that comes out October 2nd? Hold on, I missed it. Where is it? October 2nd, 2020. So that's uh, relatively soon. So if you want that, make sure you... Uh, uh, dive on over to the PlayStation Store. I don't know if it's going to be on... Did it say if it was going to be on Steam right away? Let me see. PS4. So it looks like it's going to be exclusive on PS4 for now. But just like the Insane Trilogy, it might come to, you know, Steam, Xbox in the future. The Green King. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? If you happen to use Steam, and Justice Gods Among Us Ultimate Edition is free right now. Sorry for the weird message, just trying to help people out. Yes, I've already actually um, added that to my Steam library. Thank you, though, for the message. Um, it's very nice of you to come in and tell us that. Um, anyone who hasn't downloaded it, it might even be in... I don't know if I pulled up that. Because I told everyone in my Discord already, so I don't think I, 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 don't think I had that. But if you haven't downloaded it yet, and Justice Gods Among Us is free, it's a good game. I liked it better than the second one. So, so yeah, after um, Toys for Bob did Insane Trilogy and Crash Nitro Racing, um, I was I was like, yeah, they're probably going to be working on a new one, like a completely new game. And it's weird that this is Crash 4, because technically, Crash Bandicoot, The Wrath of Cortex is technically Crash 4, but it looks like they're negating all of that and going, and here's Crash 4. <laughs> So it's kind of weird that they're calling it Crash 4. Maybe it's not that weird. I mean, there's been weirder things like Call of Duty Modern Warfare calling their game Call of Duty Modern Warfare in 2019 when there's already Call of Duty Modern Warfare that came out back in, you know, the, the PS3 and uh, Xbox 360 era, you know? So, cool, cool news. I like this. I like it a lot. And I'm sure we'll see more about what di the different characters have unique to them. Obviously, we know how Crash Bandicoot works, but how is Neocortex going to work? It looks like he can shoot something to, you know, make platforms appear. It looks like Coco could jump maybe higher, or, you know, maybe she's a little bit more nimble than Crash Bandicoot. Um, so, kind of like the Insane Trilogy, it has the same graphical style. Um, it looks like the uh, the levels are going to be pretty similar to what you expect from a Crash Bandicoot game. But like I said, there's also some new gadgets in there they use that will probably change up the gameplay a lot. And, um, yeah, I'm wondering if people are going to call this the new uh, platformer. Dark, the Dark Souls of platforming? I don't know. I mean, you really gotta see how the game works, you know? Because they're, they're, I think, I'm pretty sure they're rebuilding this one from the ground up. You know, so, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited, though. I'm excited. Coco is jumping higher. Are you trying to be a basketball player? <laughs> Not that Coco. Moving on. There's a new skate in development. And that's all we know. 
<laughs> Why, you ask? Well, listen to this. We're back! We're doing it! Skate's happening! We're rolling! We've secretly got together. It's the beginning. The skate evolution continues. We've been waiting years, honestly, to, to make the right game at the right time with the right idea and uh, really, really pleased to say that we're here. It is really early, but uh, it takes a little while to find cuz or wake him up. Dude, harsh. Still, we've got a long way to go, but we're stoked and this is just the beginning. And seriously, we, we really can't wait to bring you guys in and have you be a part of it with us. We wanna thank you for your passion, your patience, and all the support that you've shown you know, us to get to this point. So essentially what they're saying is they and it came out in a news article that they just found out that that they were making Skate 4 officially from their developers like literally the day before so that they could they so they could they could record this video. As you heard him say, it's this is just the beginning and it is literally just the beginning. So there's a good few years before this game is going to come out. I don't know why they decided to do this. They could let they could let things build up for a little while. But essentially Skate 4 will probably be a PS5 Xbox Series X game. Um, and obviously it's not coming anytime soon. Um, but it's possible that maybe they'll work on like a port of Skate 3 for the newer generation before they put out Skate 4. It's hard to say. Um, but they're excited, so that's good. Uh, am I excited? I've never really played skate games. I played Tony Hawk games, which we'll talk about one later. But I've no I was never a fan of skate. So maybe I'll give the new one a try when it comes around. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Who knows if it'll be cancelled by then, though. I mean, that's just how EA is. But, it's nice to see that EA is actually listening to something. Like, people have been wanting Skate 4 for a long time. Thank you for the host, Coco Gamer. So, people have been asking for Skate 4 for a long time, ever since probably Skate 3 came out. I mean, I think Skate 3 was an Xbox 360 game, so through this whole generation we haven't had a Skate game. Um, and we haven't had a Tony Hawk, well, pff, that's not true, we had Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5, but we try to forget that. So, EA seems to be listening a little bit, and it seems like they're going more the way that they're doing with uh, Respawn Entertainment, where they kind of let them do their thing without too much interaction, or, you know, too much, like, nitpicking and stuff like that. Like, Battlefront 3, Battlefront 2, the remake, not remake, but, you know, the, the newer one, probably would have been a lot better from the get-go if EA didn't have their little fingertips in, you know, in the, in the development process, you know, going, hey, put loot crates in here, hey, do this, do this. I think that we would have had, like, the Battlefront 2 that we have now, maybe more towards the beginning, if they hadn't been so greedy. And I think that EA is trying to turn, a, their, turn over a new leaf. I still wouldn't trust them completely, though. I mean, this is just, this might just be the get people to shut up. <laughs> Who knows? We'll see in the future, though. Also, during the EA Play thing, um, the person who made the game A Way Out, which I did not like myself, and I know a lot of people did not like it with me, has revealed his new game called It Takes Two. So, hold on. I want to see if there's any gameplay in here. So they, I mean, they haven't shown much gameplay. Like, here's a little, like, clock thing right there, which kind of looks cool. I don't know how this game is going to play. You know, if it's going to play, like, a way out, or if it's going to play more like a 2D side-scroller. But, obviously, this game's all about co-op, two people. That's just, this is the second game that he's made, two people. 
I'm willing to I'm willing to give him another chance. You know, that's I'm not I'm not saying that I wouldn't give him another chance. Obvi it, you know, a way out was his first game. Obviously, it got some good reviews. Me personally, I just I, me personally, I didn't like it. But maybe I'd like this. You know, it's one of those things that like same thing happened with like Destiny One, the two. Like I was willing to give Destiny another chance because I liked the concept, but I didn't like the execution. You know, um, in that case, it kind of burned me because I didn't like either of the games. But this is like a completely different game, so I'm willing to give him a chance. As long as he doesn't, as long as he doesn't say like, "Ah, oh, this is Oscar worthy." No. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's coming out next in. Tw I'm sorry, yeah, 2021, so next year. Also during EA Play, they they showed off a game called Lost in Random, which is a like a dice rolling game. Let's watch. Let's take a let's take a gander. Let's take a gander. The is world of random. Yes. Bends with the roll of one dice. Yes. A dice that is so it has a very Tim Burton Nightmare um, Before Christmas vibe to it, which I like. The fates of people and it seems like it's going to be a, just a game where you roll a dice and see what I happens. I love there the art style, though. The art style is really good. With the power to change everything. Now, my friend. It's your turn to roll, to play the odds, and break the curse of random. There's like chess pieces, knights, werewolves, mechanical spiders. Uh, shadow guy. No dicey. They should be scared of us, right? Lost in random. The the dice gods will either favor you or curse you. Am I right, P2? So yeah, um, twenty twenty one. That's gonna come. Uh, that I mean, that looks really cool. Um, I I, I don't think it's like. It's not going to sell an Xbox Series X for me, but I think that um, I think it's a really strong contender for like uh, um, you know people who like you know Nightmares on Elm Street and stuff like that. I don't think it's going to be D and D the game. That is not that is, I don't think that's how it's going to be at all. Um, but it does look like a it almost looks like a 3D platformer, and maybe that dice guy you use him before a battle or. I don't know, just to boost your stats during battle by a random rice dice roll, you know, something like that. Uh, the art style is amazing. I, I, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, there's a lot of people who love the Nightmare Before Christmas and the Corpse Bride and stuff like that. And I think those people who grew up with those movies are making video games now. And I think that this is going to sell really, really well. Yeah, I get what you mean, Coco. Okay, let's talk about Bug Snacks. So, Bug Snacks, they're saying that it will play similar to Ape Escape. And it's going to make full use of the PS5's DualSense controller. So, maybe there'll be an Ape Escape, but then again, maybe there will only be Bug Snacks. So, Philip, I'm going to butcher this, Tibitoski is a co-founder and president of Young Heroes, the small developer behind the unusual Octodad Deadliest Catch. He says the game is first-person adventure game where you play as a journalist who is sent to a mysterious film from an adventure named 
Elizabeth Megafig. <laughs> this is presumably the character we meet in the in the trailer that we saw last week. Um, and she discovers bug snacks, a mysterious animal species that are half bug, half snack. Even more strange, if someone eats a bug snack, their body will morph into food. When you begin the game, you will get to the island only to find Megafig has gone missing. Your task is to capture the dot and document each of the 100 bug snacks, learning more about the creatures and the island they inhabit. While the wider story, of course, is not known, it seems that the main thrust of the gameplay will be trapping and finding these bug snacks and making your bestiary. Ape Escape is brought up in the interview as a reference point of how the game is going to play, a series that's been MIA on PlayStation for a pretty long time. Haptic feedback will, will feature particularly I can't read today. Will feature particularly prominently in bug snacks. He says running around the environment and feeling the different types of terrain under your feet while sprinting is really cool and really weird. It's a big difference. And it will make a big difference. So sounds really interesting. A lot of people have been like creeped out by this, like, oh, this is my uh, this is my uh, you know, sleep paralysis demon. Like, I don't know. It looks kind of funky. Uh, I like the concept. Octodad Deadliest Catch is a great game if you haven't played it. It was one of my top it was one of my top 100 games of the last decade. And I think that uh, this game is also going to be a pretty fun experience. Plus with the dual sense controller, maybe it will be even better. Bug snacks. All right, moving on to Marvel's Avengers. Um so Marvel's Avengers, hold on one second. There we go. Marvel's Avengers is going to be is going to get a free PS5 upgrade and also will offer 60 FPS and dynamic 4K modes. So obviously, since the reveal of the PS5, companies have been coming out saying whether you will be able to use a disc version of of you know a game you know on the next console or not. Kind of like Madden last week said, no, you can't use the disc version of Madden for PS5 if you buy it on PS4. So if you buy Avengers on PS4, you will get it for free on the PS5, and it comes with a bunch of enhancements. The developer called Crystal Dynamics speaks to near instant load times and two graphical modes on Sony's next-gen console. One will beef the visuals while the other targets fit 60 frames per second, per second action at a dynamic 4K resolution, kind of like Demon's Souls. So uh, Marvel's Avengers is still supposed to come out the 4th of September this year, but will you wait to play it on PS5? Probably not. I'm going to I'm going to play it on PS4. I don't think that the uh, load times aren't a huge deal to me. It gives me time to look at my phone. <laughs> But um, with games like Cyberpunk and stuff like that getting pushed back till the next generation, or I'm wondering if this game is going to be pushed back. You know, like we don't know now, but maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, but apparently, if you if you buy the PS4 version of Avengers, you'll get the you'll be able to play it on the PS5 for free. So that's maybe a, a selling point as well. It doesn't say specifically if it's a digital only, but I'm guessing that it's just either digital or uh, disc. In more Marvel gaming news. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, the YouTube trailer was taken off of YouTube after a copyright claim. It's of course back by now, but... And this just sums up YouTube as a whole. <sighs> Marvel's Spider-Man trailer amassed over 10 million views and was removed from YouTube because of a copyright claim from a French mobile game developer called Gameloft. It's unclear how or why they claim the video, but PlayStation's YouTube channel and lawyers got into action 
and got the game trailer to go back up. If you don't know, cop three copyright strikes will take down your channel from YouTube, and this video, actually, the Game Loft gave them a strike for that, for the trailer. For whatever reason, YouTube thought that it would be a great idea for a studio that makes the game, PlayStation, Insomniac Games, let's give, them a, let's give PlayStation a strike for uploading their own fucking video on YouTube, because a random French game developer claimed the video. Maybe they were just kidding. Maybe they're like, oh, this would be funny if this goes through. And it did. And they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> and they pooped their pants. This is so stupid. This is so stupid, dude. This is so stupid. They literally gave PlayStation a strike for uploading their own content. <laughs> but like I said, they got it all sorted out. The trailer is back on, um, on YouTube under the correct people. I don't know what else to say about this. <laughs> Let's move on to some good news. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales is a full story arc with new villains. So, essentially, uh, PlayStation came out on its blog post and said it's going to be a, 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 a pretty much a full game, kind of like Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy. It's going to be centered around Miles, of course, Miles Morales, and it'll take place one year after Marvel's Spider-Man. PlayStation came out and said that they're not done with the Peter Parker, you know, Marvel Spider-Man version of Peter Parker. They, they're this, this is like a game to be like, it's after the original game, and it's just like a placeholder, like it's a game in the middle between the two major stories in the, in the, in the plot. So they came out and said, Marvel's New York is covered in snow, which is cool. We all, we had like summertime last game, and just before Christmas break, so it's kind of like Batman Arkham Origins in a way. A war between an energy corporation and a high-tech criminal army has broken out. Miles' new home in Harlem is at the heart of the battle. This new installment will feature a fresh story, more set pieces, new villains, and unique quests. Brian Horton, who is the creative director at Insomniac Games, even makes the comparison to Uncharted Lost Legacy. That means that the PS5 game will be a fairly meaty experience. It will also take advantage of new features Sony has begun touting. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales will include non will include near instant loading, ray tracing, 3D audio, and improve and improved 40 scans of its characters. A lot of the city's assets have also been updated to utilize the power of the PS5. So sounds good for the game so far. I don't know if this is a new trailer. No, I don't think this is a new trailer. Oop. Um, it's just it just looks like they're talking about what the game is going to be in between screenshots. Um, I'm trying to think of what villain could be here. It looks like there's like a guy in like a suit of armor there. Obviously, we now understand why at the beginning at this trailer, at the original release trailer, there's like this electricity going up his arms, obviously, because it's a power corporation, right? So, yeah, I'm really excited for this one. I think it's going to be a bop. Um, I think it's going to be just as good as the regular, you know, Marvel Spider-Man, the original game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Next up on the agenda, <sighs> Ready at Dawn, who is the developer behind The Order 1886, has been bought by Facebook. They will now become part of the Oculus Studio. 
So this is also this is a good thing, but it also could be a bad thing. Um, why I say it's a bad thing is because the Order 1886 was a boring, bland third-person platforming game <laughs> that had a cliffhanger at the end that will never be realized. I think the concept was cool. It was like a futuristic, old-style type thing where you know you had like Nikola Tesla weapons and. Suits of armor and blimps and stuff like that, but it was still like an old-style type game. Yes, it did have platforming in it and shimmying, as you all may or may not know from our Mirror's Edge playthrough. So, Ready at Dawn, who is the developer behind the PlayStation 4 exclusive, The Order 1886, has been snapped up by Facebook. The company explains the newly acquired group will be joining the Oculus Studio team. In other words, Ready at Dawn will continue working on the VR platform. It's already shipped four titles on the Oculus, starting back in 2017 with Lone Echo. I didn't actually know that. Um, so yeah, maybe you know, I'm I'm sure I'm sure they'll make good games. You know, whatever they're Oculus games, I I can't play them yet. But from what I know from this company, I'm not too thrilled about you know maybe having a VR experience from them. Obviously, they've done a lot of them from since 2017, so I shouldn't be so judgmental. Um, but this was a, just a, this was just a very lackluster game. I think that, like, it came out very early in the PlayStation 4's lifespan, and they were trying to, like, show off how pretty the graphics were, and, you know, how, how beautiful the facial animations were, and just how great it was, but it ended up being, like, there were parts of the game that were kind of cool, like, there were some shootouts that were kind of fun, some of the weapon design was really cool, also some of like the like there was werewolf sections that were kind of like the dead space sections where you shot the stalkers while they were trying to run at you but instead they were werewolves the whole vampire aspect of the game was totally just thrown away they like did with they they just burned all the caskets and that was it it's like okay cool um the boss fights in the game were really dumb they and they had like three of them they were all the same um there's like platforming sections like i said there were shimmying sections just that were very long very long this was one of the first games, though, that had, like, you know, a full, like, sex scene in it where you stumble upon a couple of having sex in a bed. You know, there's that. I want a game set in France. Set in French Revolution. Oh, right. Assassin's Creed Unity. I'm sure we'll get a better French Revolution game. Alright, so that's that. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 PS5 port is possible after the RPGs launch on the PC. So, um... Obviously, I've never played a Baldur's Gate game. I saw it at PAX, and I just, I'm not, like, too interested in it myself. But in an interview with GameSpot, the creative director, whose name is Sven Vinky, Vinky, said, We're going to focus, we're going to first focus very hard on getting those two to work, and then we'll see what happens. After the two Defin Divinity Original Sin titles both made their way to PlayStation 4, uh, we'd be very surprised if Baldur's Gate 3 skips the next generation of consoles. This one's probably going to be coming a lot later. Let's see what the trailer looks like. Obviously, it's, you know, obviously it's a, it's a pretty popular game, you know. It had a very big presence at PAX. Consider your predicament. One skull, two tenants. This is pre-alpha footage. <laughs> so it looks like a class-based game, right? Set in like a medieval type scenario. Satan! Shop around, beg, borrow, and steal. Exhaust every possibility. Kinda looks like a, a Witcher type game. And when hope has been whittled down to the very despair, that's when you'll come knocking on my door. Oh, 
Ooh, a giant tentacle monster. So, kind of looks like a Witcher type game. Um, obviously, it says Dungeons and Dragons down here, so it's more based on like a like maybe a Skyrim premise or something like that. I've never seen like any gameplay for it. Um, I'm gonna look it up though, obviously. So if it does come to, P I'm sure it'll probably come to PS5 and stuff like that. So uh, there you go. If that looks interesting to you, you may want to look uh, look at that. Alright, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, is taking advantage of the PS5, but how? You've seen the first and second on your Steam? Cool. I have never looked at the stuff for that. So, um, Ratchet and Clank is going to be utilizing PlayStation 5's Lightning Fast SSDD, which is what we saw in the trailer that we saw, but it's also going to use the PS5's controller. Um, the director, Marcus Smith... Uh, describes it as tailor-made for the popular franchise. The amount of tactile feedback you, that you will get when you're using weapons is, well, it makes them feel way more powerful, and it also lets you know that the how the weapon is behaving. According to the developer, the Enforcer shotgun is a great example. At, excuse me. As you're moving your finger down halfway, you can feel one. Of, you can fire one barrel. If you pull it all the way down, you can fire both barrels. But all along the way, you can feel the difference between the tension tightening up, and it makes and it just makes all of our weapons much more immersive and powerful. And there's 3D audio, of course. This really is a fundamental experience between listening to a television set and going in, out into the middle of a forest. It brings you into these worlds in a way that we've never been able to before. Exciting stuff. Yeah, it is, it is really interesting. Um, I'm really happy that Ratchet and Clank is coming. As you guys know, I was right. I've been right for almost two years now about Ratchet and Clank on the PS5, and everyone doubted me because they're like, oh, they're working on Spider-Man. As long as they don't have motion controls like they did in that one Ratchet and Clank game, I'll be okay. <laughs> you know, um, there was one a while ago that, that you used, like, motion controls to try and, um, you know, move your stuff around, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things that's like, I'm sure there won't be, I think they they were burned by that. I also don't think that they're going to do a huge, heavily, like, co-op experience for this one. There may be co-op elements. They haven't revealed yet, of course. Um, but I don't think they're going to go, like, all for one, which was a four-player. You had to have four, or at least four people to beat the game kind of thing. Um, it was a fine, it was a fun game when you had a full party, but, you know. Okay, moving on to Nintendo news. So, Nintendo has decided to axe their mobile games. And why? Why? Well, apparently, uh, during a, uh, well, a report from Bloomberg says Nintendo appears to have released, have reassessed the mobile business and narrowed its focus, um, towards more traditional consoles. So they saw the success of, like, you know, all their, like, um, you know, Animal Crossing and stuff like that on the Switch, and they said, well, the mobile market sucks. I have not really played a mobile Nintendo game. Um, I played a little bit of Mario Run, but I was like, this is way too basic, you know? I never played the Mario Kart game on the phone. I never played the Animal Crossing game. They just... And what they added to those games, like the, you know, the the warp pipes and stuff like that, the loot box system, just doesn't, didn't sit well with me. And I think that Nintendo took a big backward step with all of that. So, essentially, um, all their Nintendo games have been 
underperforming compared to other games like Gardenscapes, Roblox, Rise of Kingdoms, and PUBG Mobile, and Fortnite, obviously. And Nintendo is officially, well, maybe not officially yet, but Nintendo's president, Sh uh, Sh 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 Shintaro Faru Farukawa, said we are not necessarily looking to continue releasing many new applications for the mobile market. Instead, pledging to support the games already in existence and continuing to immerse the users in new IPs. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm actually glad that uh, the mobile stuff is done. Um, I I was it, it, like I said, it rubbed me the wrong way with what they did, um, and the games just didn't see like they were they're like half versions of their official games. You know, they just they weren't that great. In better news, though, from Nintendo, Smash Brothers Ultimate's new character called Min Min, who is a arms character, uh, they released footage of her fighting and her costumes and stuff like that. Here's some alternative costumes here. Uh, also, you can see how Kirby looks and what, and it looks like she has like a punch gun kind of thing happening. Spring Stadium is the new map, so it says Min Min's accompanying stage, Spring Stage Stadium, features a variety of interact interactive elements. Arms players will initially, will instantly, oh my gosh, I can't read, instantly recognize, including the ability to damage opponents when making contact with them after using a jumping platform. Foes will also bounce off the striking ceiling arches when they're launched. And the adorable arms drones will also make an appearance to deliver items that aid in battle, but make sure to approach them with caution when freezing boxes to claim their rewards. Also, there's, an, there's the arms song list has been added to the game. Arms Grand Prix official theme song, Spring Stadium song, Ramen Bowl, Ribbon Ring, Ninja Col College, Mausoleum, Scrapyard, Cinema, Cinema Dukes, Deuce, uh, Buster Beach, Snake Park, DNA Lab, Sky Arena, Via Dolce, Temple Grounds, Sparring Ring, Name Redacted, Versus Headlock, and Arms Grand Prix Final Battle. So 18 tracks in total. Min Min is going to be available from the 29th of June, which is this week. Uh, and Oh, actually, it's technically next week. And it'll be available in a standalone pack for six doll hairs. Super Mario Run one level and pay to play is stupid. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how the game works. So yeah, that's that. Also, Nintendo announced that Fallout and Tekken are coming to Super Smash Bros. in Mii outfits. So Nintendo came out and said Vault Boy from the Fallout series is coming to Smash Ultimate as a Mii Gunner costume on 3006. Oh, the 30th of September. So they showed this little like animation of Mario being bombed by Fallout, and then they did the Super Smash Bros. X Fallout, where and you know the Mii Gunner. You know, he uses a gun, so he looks like the Vault Boy, and he has, like, the sci-fi gun. Also, um, this outfit for he Heihachi, who is a brawler, me. There's also new Ninjara brawlers and gunners as well. Uh, oh, no, there's, there's, those are Splatoons. So we have uh, two Splatoon characters, Marie and Callie, coming to the game as well. Those will be available on the 29th of June for 75 cents each. What's their obsession with me characters? They're popular. They've been around for a while. Um, and they're good fits for having these characters come into the game, but not officially be in the game, like Cuphead and stuff like that. Okay, Billy Mitchell, who used to be the world record holder for King Kong. He was named the King of Kong back in the day. His records were... A race from the Guinness Book of World Records a little while ago, and now he's officially been reinstated. After um, 
allegations of him cheating got the Guinness Book of World Records to take his numbers away from him. But, officially, Guinness World Records have come out and said, hey, we were wrong to do that. So, in a statement by the Guinness World Records, they said, in light of compelling new evidence received by Guinness World Records, the records management team has decided to reverse decisions made in April of 2018 in regards to video game high school high scores achieved by Billy Mitchell between 18, 1982 oh my God, and 2010. Guinness World Records is always open to accepting new evidence for historical achievements and to review new and existing evidence for disputed titles. In this case, a re-examination of the records in question and the emergence of key eyewitnesses testimonials led to a reversal of the earlier disqualifications and reinstating Mr. Mitchell's official records. The records archive has been updated accordingly to reflect it. So back in April 2018, Twin Galaxies announced it would be launching an investigation into Mitchell's submitted scores after it claimed that the evidence existed, which suggested that he used an emulator for two of his scores. All the scores were expunged from the Twin Galaxies database and the Guinness Book of World Records removed Mitchell's scores as it, re as it relied on Twin Galaxies verification. Mitchell, of course, contested the... the um, the removal with legal action um and during the events mitchell benefited from the support of the twin galaxies founder walter day who had who had performed an, an exhaustive review of his submissions as well as the industry veteran named todd tucky and current donkey kong high score holder robbie lackman so the reinstated scores are july 3rd 1999 first perfect score on pac-man at 3,333,360 points november 7th 1982 highest score on donkey kong uh, as of that date, 80, 874,300 points. June 4th, he had the highest score of Donkey Kong, which was 1,047,200 points. July 14th, he also got the highest score again. He beat his own score at 1,050,200 points. And then finally, July 31st, highest score on Donkey Kong, 1,062,800 points. As uh, Of course, that has been um, beat already. So he came out and said... Ladies and gentlemen, Guinness World Records has officially announced the full reinstatement of my Pac-Man and Donkey Kong records as a result of an independent, fair, and unbiased investigation. Uh, Guinness World Record also recognized me as the first million-point Donkey Kong player. So there you go. So that's pretty cool. Um, when I originally talked about this, I mean, I was skeptical because of the allegations against him were not that compelling. Although I didn't know any of the actual, like, you know, stuff behind it. Obviously, an investigation was launched, and after two long years, he's finally been reinstated. Obviously, he doesn't have the highest score anymore, but at least his scores are valid, which is cool. Coco says, so they gave it to him, found out he was cheating, took it away from him, found out that he wasn't, and he had it all, had back talk about a roller coaster. What? <laughs> so, so originally, um, he was, he was, uh, whatever whoever it was came out and it was a it was like a um a rival of his came out and said that he had cheated he had used an emulator to get his scores which obviously is not the original version of the game um after that guinness or i'm sorry um that galaxy world whatever they're called they did their own investigation and they came up that then they said that he was cheating and then you know of course guinness world records like well that's good enough for us and they took his the scores away and then essentially, Billy Mitchell took legal action, and in a in a investigation, it came out that he was not cheating. So he, his scores are officially back into the Guinness Book of World Records. 
Um, but like I said, it's not like he's the new record holder anymore. You know, he's been beaten a few times now. But his official, um, you know, he was the first guy to get over a million points in Donkey Kong. So there you go. Hey, what's up, fellow? A retro fellow. How you doing today? Fellow. Closed ham. Um, big news in the world of Retro Fellow. He's officially sponsored by G Fuel Steel Series and another company that I don't remember that he'll probably write in the comments. Glazed Ham. Uh, he's officially sponsored by them because he won. Or, well, Digital Digital Storm, that's the name. Digital Storm. He, uh, was one of the winners of the, um, the, 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 the gamer, the G Fuel Gamers thingamajig that I posted in the Discord announcements a while ago. So congratulations to him. Obviously, that's a big achievement, and like Fellow says, it's just a starting point. You know, he's not—he's not the biggest streamer in the world right now, but he's getting there, right? He's getting there. This is just the beginning. Um, by the way, guys, if you want to go to the Discord and check out, we are doing the stream game vote right now. If you want to vote for a game that we should play next, it's a pretty tight. Um, it's a pretty tight uh, vote right now. It's going to end Wednesday night unless there's a tie at the end of today or tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll probably redo a vote. Um, but yeah, that's going to end tomorrow night. Um, right now, I think Half-Life 2 is winning, which, you know, I, I don't want to like play it right now, but I'll play it if it's one. <laughs> top of the mount top of the morning to you, but only halfway there. Oh, we're halfway there. All right, let's move on. I'm tired of seeing this guy's face. Apex Legends is officially coming to the Switch, as EA revealed, and there's seven other games, actually there's seven games in total coming to the Switch, which includes Burnout Paradise and Apex Legends. So Respawn Entertainment came out on a, as a, on a tweet and said, coming fall 2020. They said, we're huge fans of Nintendo here at Respawn, and we're incredibly excited to bring Apex Legends to the Switch this fall, and we'll share more details in the month ahead. So that means you'll be able to squad up no matter where you are, no matter where your friends prefer to play. Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, or PC via Origin and Steam. We're throwing out a lifetime lifeline and healing the divide between the platforms. So this is one of the first games that's just like cross-platform to everything. Um, besides, I think, I think also Minecraft and Rocket League and Fortnite are officially too. Like all crest. Like this one has one extra one. Origin. Oh boy. But that's pretty cool. Apex Legends is going to be uh, cross-platform for every for every console, you know. So hopefully, this is like the way of the future, right? Um, I think that all games that are cross-platform should be cross-platform. You can play with anyone. Obviously, I usually turn that stuff off, but you know, it's cool. Things have been wild, says fellow. Okay, let's get into some of the games that are coming soon. So a turn-based strategy game called Inc Inculinati has secured a Switch launch with a successful Kickstarter launch. Um, so Kickstarter campaign was put out a while ago for this game. Now, apparently there's 41... Oh, I'm sorry. There's 1,964 backers. They needed a $2,000 goal, and they have $62,000. And there's only, there's only two days to go. Only two days to go. Um... Essentially, the game, there's a few different tiers, obviously. I don't want to go through them all. That, that takes way too long. Um, but yeah, they, they, they showed how, they, they were really good at showing their goals and showing when they reached those goals. So at $26,000, um, they were able to start up getting the game going. 
they were able to do more with the money that they were funded with until they were going for a Switch release um, and stuff like that. Obviously, there's still more goals they have yet to meet, and they might meet them, they might not meet them, and they, they're probably going to, um, you know, update their stuff as it goes on. So let's watch the official trailer for this. The official Kickstarter video is three minutes long. But it is a turn-based game, and you play as, like, these drawn characters, which is really cool. I think this is pretty funny. And they kind of battle each other. Um, there's not much to show right now, but there's that. Um, so in Inclunati, you play as the role of a Master of Living, Inc., also known as the titular Inclunati. They are a legendary group who battle one another on the pages of medieval manuscripts. They fight by drawing beasts with their living ink. Thanks to the magical substance, those creatures come to life and epic battles ensue. For each master you defeat, you will learn the inner secrets of their drawing techniques, allowing you to draw more units and build in the ideal army that can take on such luminaries as St. Francis, Dante, and perhaps even Death himself. So, pretty cool kind of game. Um, i definitely going to look at, into this. And I don't know if it's coming to other platforms right now. Um, it doesn't say. It just says Kickstarter there. The game has been confirmed for the Switch. It's going to come to PC also in 2021 as well. So, pretty cool. 62000 Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> watching the sexy ferret while rock hard. Oh, yeah. There you go. Alright, Space Invaders. The Invincible Collection is going to get a physical Western release. It was originally released in Japan, I believe, and Europe, and it's finally coming to the old USA. So, um, this release offers the most complete collection on cart ever, combining all three titles from the Japanese standard and a special release on a single cartridge. It also boasts a port of Akron... Akanoid vs. Space Invaders, a unique title which was only available as a download code in Japan. Three limited physical versions of the Incredible Invincible Collection will be available on Strictly Limited Games website. I'm sorry, on Limited Games website starting the 28th of June. So the following games are a part of the Space Invader Invincible Collection. Space Invaders from 1978 in black and white and in color. Space Invaders Part 2 in, from 19, 1979. Majestic 12, The Space Invaders, Part 4, Super Space Invaders, 91, Space Invaders Extreme, Space Invaders Gigamax 4SE, Akanoid vs. Space Invaders, Space Invaders DX, Space Cyclone, and Lunar Rescue from 1979. So it seems like a good bundle. Um, how much is it going to be? Let's see. Strictly... Oh, it is Strictly Limited Games. Okay. Um, that link did not send me to a place that I wanted to be. Bite the bullet. That was a fun game. Where the heck is it? Why they? Why you send me a link that does not go to the right place? Why? 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 Come on, load, load you bastard. Does it say on here? I'm guessing the game's gonna be probably about 20 bucks. Physical release. Come on, it's gotta be on here, right? Space Invaders. 
Wow. What a jip like scoob. Alright, never mind. But that's cool though. Uh look out for that. Look out for that if you're a fan of Space Invaders, obviously. I played I actually reviewed the um Space Invaders Gigamax. I think this was it. Space Invaders Gigamax 4 SE on 49 cent grab bag if you want to watch that. That was the last one. Um it was pretty it was a pretty fun game. They definitely changed a few things about Space Invaders, but they, you know. Um, so if you want to watch that, the 49 cent grab bag came out two weeks ago that has this in it. I liked that episode. It was a little bit shorter. Okay, so um, Internal Drift is uh, has a new trailer, and it's actually out now on Steam. Let's watch this trailer real quick. Grooving music. So, um, internal, in, in, inter, inner, inertial drift. I said internal drift. It's actually inertial drift. What a weird name. But the game looks cool. Um, it has a nice art style to it. It se kind of seems like that asphalt game that Kalos is always playing. Um, but that's officially on Steam now, and it's going to come to the eShop on the 7th of August, if you're looking for that. Nice music! Alright, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered, the warehouse demo, is going to be coming out soon. And there's been eight new characters announced for the game. Oh, come on, Bam Marnjera! Come on, Bam Marnjera! Hold on, let's look at this list here. Uh, Leticia Buffoni, Lizzie Armanto, Riley Hawk, which is Tony Hawk's son or, or daughter. Uh, Nisha Houston... Twyshawn Jones, Leo Baker, Shane O'Neill, and Ori Nishimura. Oh. Oh. No Bam Manjera? Was he too edgy? I mean, he did, he did get a... Nah, I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> so they're just they're showing off a few extra... Uh, a few other... Um, Parks, skate parks, September 4th, 2020. That comes out, uh, as you know. The warehouse demo is going to be available on the 14th of August, which is like a few days before. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's all, it's all about inertia. Yes, yes. It's all about inertia. So yeah, that's the, so that'll come... The, the, dem the demo's going to come August 14th, and the official game is releasing September 4th. So it's a, more than a few days. But uh, yeah, that's a cool thing as well. And they showed off a few new characters. Um, and... You know, they showed off a few new levels as well. Uh, I'm excited for this. I don't know if I'm going to get a day one, but I'm excited for this. Because I love the original Tony Hawk games up to American Wasteland. Which I have on my list of games to play. Okay, Rogue Legacy 2 is going to bring the addictive Rogue Leg back with a new trailer. Let's, t let's, let's, let's peep this out. So, um... What was it called? Rogue Legacy. The first game uh, was a was a was a sleeper hit, um, and this one looks like it's gonna be more of the same, but it's gonna be a little bit improved, you know. They're showing off some new characters right now: uh, Archer, a mage, 
Um, an axe-bearing barbarian. And every child is unique. Looks like you got a few different... Oh, they blurred out some things there. This is one of those games where if you die, you start over from the beginning. Terrible cook. Build your castle. It's called hentai. And it's art. Obviously, there's... It's, it's kind of like, um... You guys, if you guys know what Rogue Legacy is, it has the same stuff from that, but it also adds a few new things as well. I feel like this is really loud. <laughs> um, I, I was never a huge fan of the graphical style of this game, but I may check it out um, and and see what's what it's all about before I get before I check out this one. Like I said, it's kind of like got that like Souls-like Dead Cells, you know, Hollow Knight type look or uh, style to it, feel to it, not feel. But, like, you know, gameplay to it. Y'all know I like punishing games, and this one looks like it's pretty punishing. Maybe even Punisher likes this game. That's gonna... It's gonna go into early access July 23rd. So that's, uh, that's in a month. Officially in a month. So there you go. Alright, Control Time itself with the platformer adventure game called The Watchmaker, which is launching on the Switch. I think it's already available on the Switch, if I'm not mistaken. If you reach the age of 90, you'll die. Never forget. So a guy has a counter on his back, and it kind of sh it shows how it's many working. years he's been alive. <laughs> I knew you could do it. And I guess when it turns to 90, that's so when you die. That's kind of cool. I'm sure you can. Excellent. You're quick. I like that. Although it may not matter. Looks like a puzzle platformer type game. Kind of kind of goofy, kind of fun. Time does not exist. It does exist. Time is a matter of perspective. Yeah, okay, that's kind of cool. Looks like there's a few enemies to face as well. New power-ups you can use. eventually that is, if you sure Lots of puzzles. Looks like it's going to be very puzzle-heavy, but also looks, it also has, like, action and, you know, um, other things as well. Yes, I'm in a hurry. So, maybe it, the faster you run, the faster you age? Maybe that's kind of how it goes? Let's, let's read some description about it. So, The Watchmaker. It's available now on Steam. And is probably, I think it's available also on um, Switch as well. So, in, in The Watchmaker, the, fa the pace of time will be one more enemy to beat. And we will have to collect hourglasses to reverse the relentless aging of our hero. The device that Alexander carries on his back shows, shows a marker with his age. If it exceeds 90, he will die helplessly. Fortunately, the time break offers some advantages. We will be able to slow down the pace of time to overcome obstacles and solve puzzles. You can even dodge death when you take a jump when, a t when you take a bad jump and fall into a void. You can rewind the action for a few precious seconds to get a second chance. Um, so yeah, the, oh, the game's gonna launch on Switch on the 8th of October, but it's available now on Steam. I'm gonna check that out. If it's a cheap enough price, I'm probably gonna buy it. So there you go. Psychedelic platformer called Spinch. Spinch brings an explosion of color to the Switch in September. Let's take a look at this. Um, if you have epilepsy, you may want to look away. So the art style is really goofy. 
Kind of reminds me of like the Lego movie music. It, it definitely has a very light tone. Uh-oh. Rainbows? Oh, no. Yeah, that's definitely, uh... That's definitely epilepsy-inducing. Whoa! Okay, so you're playing as, like, a little cube? A little circle? Introducing a new ecosystem. Uh, where colors are alive. This looks bonkers. It kind of looks like a... Um, and hungry for a spinch flesh. So I'm guessing a spinch is what you are in the game. Collect your babies. Okay. So you're like the mama collecting the, the children. And use them to bash bosses to bits. Okay. This is really cool. Fellow Mike like this one. Yeah, there he is. I like this a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely check this one out. Looks really looks really funky. Spinch. Available on Steam and the Nintendo eShop coming on the 3rd of September. So I, that looks really cool. Um, it's very, it's very funkalicious. Uh, so was it, so here's the features. Retro style visual wonderland with a dazzling color explosion by award-winning Canadian cartoonist Jesse Jacobs. A fine-tuned platformer with tight controls to dash, dodge, and jump off surfaces to survive against neon spiders, massive rainbow worms, and bomb-dropping moondogs. Plunge into a unique into the unique worlds ranging from neon planes to experiment tanks to frozen icelands all the way to outer space. Face off against en any egg enigmatic enigmatic someone help me uh, bosses and shoot them down with your children as ammunition. Inviting and replayable for everyone. A speedrunning challenges a challenge for the insane. Soundtrack by famed Canadian artist James Kirkpatrick. Featuring composition, compositions written and modified Game Boys and circuit-bent handmade instruments. That's pretty sweet. It's going to be available on the 3rd of September on Switch and Steam for $15. It looks like something that I'm interested in. I'm going to put that on my wish list for sure. An explosion. Oh. <laughs> Here's another goofy one. Star Fox on Switch. Not going to happen yet. But Astro Dogs might be the best, next best thing. Let's take a look at the announcement trailer for this. So you're playing as a dog in a spaceship. Astro Dogs! And it definitely has a Star Fox style to it. You do, do, do barrel rolls, you do combos. Keep an eye, and there's a dog that it looks like Peppy that tells you or gives you tips. Obviously, there's different weapons and stuff like that. There's like a 3D environment to it. Looks kind of... I mean, it, lo it looks a little bit more basic than like a Star Fox game. But it definitely it definitely is inspired heavily by Star Fox. Especially with the bosses. It looks like it's going to be like a free roam type thing. Or a free range. There's a bunch of different dogs to use. A few different power-ups to use. There's a boss there called the Woofer TX-55. Astro Dogs. I think it looks really funky. Um, I'm definitely going to look into the getting that. Just like the boss ordered. Okay. That was a weird stinger at the end, but I like the character designs. They're kind of, there's like a Shiba Inu and stuff like that. 
So, here's some of the press release. Everything seemed to be in its place across the galaxy until one day, Woofer, a giant corporation providing all sorts of services, went rogue and began attacking planets all over the system. Enter Astro Dogs, a crew of freelance bounty hunters and possibly our only hope to defeat Woofer. Play as Combo, a, the Sheba ace pilot, and join the crew in this adventure through the stars to save all of puppydom. Find out the mysterious reasons behind Woofer's treason as you discover the secrets they definitely do not want you to know. Choose between four different special weapons. Use your instincts to slow down time and aim perfectly. Roll like a barrel <laughs> to deflect bullets back at your enemies. An immersive and exciting original soundtrack. A whole galaxy to discover. Explore beautiful and varied environments. Find different routes based on completing side objectives. Complete, um, game endings and story changes depending on routes. Unlock colors and skins for your ship by playing the game. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really interested in this. <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely inspired, heavily inspired by Star Fox, especially with some of the details that I just talked about. If you want to, you can check that out when it comes out. Um, it doesn't look like there's any release date information yet. Um, currently in development for both Steam and Switch. The development, the developer Dynamic Media has confirmed it will run at 720p, 60 frames per second, in handheld mode on the Switch. They do not have a tentative release date yet. It's to be determined. But I'm... I love dogs. You know I love dogs. Come on. You know I love dogs. I'm definitely going to look into that when it comes out. And finally today, we have a game called Sea of Stars, which is a turn-based RPG from the same developers as The Messenger. And it got a new trailer as well. Let's take a look at this, because I like The Messenger. It's a really fun game. It's got an 8-bit style, of course. And it says from the director... From the creators of The Messenger, of course. It looks like it's going to be kind of like a classic kind of RPG style. Looks like it has turn-based combat, like I already said. There's two different people, the Moon Girl and the Sun Boy. There's a Warrior Cook. So, you stopped Redacted for spoilers. <laughs> looks like you have like a crew with you, different people to help you fight along the way. Put a little bit of puzzles in there. Looks like each character has a unique combat system. They've only showed a few different enemies so far, like a crab that has diamonds on its back and like a skeleton type snake dude. A scorpion, a skeleton scorpion. Whoa. Obviously there's gonna be leveling up mechanics and stuff like that. And like I already said, puzzles. I like the soundtrack. Looks like there's underwater segments. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, it looks interesting. Uh, sea of Stars. So far, they've only showed three people. So, coming to PC and consoles in 2022. So, if you're looking forward to that, or if you are interested in that, make sure you follow the stuff for that for this game. Um, like I said, it looks like it has platforming elements, turn-based strategy, of course. Um, the the art style is really lovely in this game. It looks like you're gonna, it's going to be uh, like a you're going to meet new people and add them to your party as you go on. So yeah, Sea of Stars, um, 2022. So that's a pretty long way off. Um, hopefully it'll be good. I'll keep an eye out for that, of course. Like I said, guys, if you want to join the giveaway for the end of the week, which will be Saturday, make sure you join the giveaway by doing exclamation point giveaway. We're giving away a big game. I don't know which game it is yet, but on Saturday I will reveal the game that we are giving away. Um, it's it's going to be a game that is not a cheapo little game like we usually do. I'm just testing that out, so I'm not spending as much money. Maybe I'm spending about the same amount, but I'm not doing it like every day, every time we stream. 
Also, guys, uh, new, food, new Film Freaks is available now on YouTube and Spotify and all the other platforms for podcasts. We talked about Saban's Power Rangers with Andrew Michael, the Power Ranger King. Um, also, I uh, I am going to up, I'm going to bulk upload the Shrek Super Slam VODs onto YouTube because it was such a fun game to play. Those will be coming soon, probably tomorrow or the next day. Also, also next stream will be Thursday. We're going to be playing one of the games in my Discord that are we are voting on currently. So if you haven't cast your vote yet, make sure you head over to the Discord for a uh, uno momento and cast your vote by using the emojis. That's how I do all my games. Um, it all comes from the it all comes from a, a list of games in my backlog and games that I want to play. So you know it's not like I'm playing games that I don't want to play. <clears throat> also, also, also this episode of ferret 64 will be available in a vod form on friday and also audio only version will be on friday as well if you want to check back for that and as i said already tomorrow we are not going to stream in support of the twitch blackout uh, and then also look out tomorrow for a twitter post from myself um, going over the um the stuff that's happened in my life personally that has affected me um, in, in, in kind of like the same way that uh, a lot of people have been coming out and talking about. So, um, tomorrow, uh, no stream. I probably won't be in anyone's stream either. Um, the, the main goal of it is to kind of show Twitch, like, hey, you need to do a better job at protecting your streamers and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be around tomorrow much, um, but I will be working on things in the background. I'm gonna be trying to help Player 2 with a few things. It's gonna be a good day, guys. And like I said, Thursday we'll come back and uh, we'll we'll go back to streaming, and I'm not sure exactly what game we're gonna be playing. Of course, like I said, the the, the vote is gonna end on Wednesday night, so I'll know on Wednesday night. But just expect a, a new game Thursday. Anything else I want to mention? I don't think so. Um, like I've been saying for a few weeks now, streams may be canceled, erat you know, sporadically depending on what's going on with the whole house situation. Right now, we're doing paperwork and stuff like that. It's all online, luckily. Um, but so it's pretty easy, but right now I'm working on getting the insurance and stuff all figured out. And, uh, like I said, you know, I may need to pause the stream for a second. Maybe need to stop a stream early, may need to not stream at all a day, you know, just to kind of keep things going. But that's that. So yeah, thank you to everyone who stopped by today. Fellow Coco Gamer, Punisher, Player 2, uh, Mrs. Scyther was around. Um, I think that was everyone. So thank you everyone who stopped by. I really appreciate it. Um, if you want to, if you haven't yet, make sure you join the Discord. If you haven't joined the Discord, good way to keep up with me and my going-ons. Um, also, if you haven't, you know, make sure you follow Coco and Player 2 and Punisher and Retro Fellow because they're cool dudes as well. All right, guys. Once again, I am Yummy the Ferret. I appreciate everyone for coming by. If you've been lurking this whole time, I appreciate you too. Thank you, Coco, for the host again as well. I'm Yumi the Ferret, guys, and I am out of here. See ya! <laughs>